Welcome to The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we discuss sayings prevalent in culture and the church that miss the mark of biblical truth. My name is Shara Donahue, and today we will be continuing on through our summer of guests with one of the founders of the Be Bold Street Ministry, Matt Masera. Matt, can you tell us a bit about Be Bold and what it is that your ministry does? Absolutely. Our focus is to share the good news of a risen Savior who makes his people whole amongst all people groups as as the world designates people groups, knowing that God wishes for none to perish but for all to come to repentance. So the folks that are in the midst of real suffering need, those that are battling with being unsheltered versus the folks that are at the top of the Fortune 500 company, highest levels of government here where we're at in the States and globally. So really our target population is everyone because all, the root word of all is all, there's no exception to all. We desire to be doers of God's word and not merely those who hear and then delude themselves. That's beautiful, I love it. Briefly, this is an easy ministry to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me how you believe God shaped you for this type of ministry? Yeah, with the portion where we're out on the streets with our unsheltered neighbors, I was designated chronically homeless. I was unsheltered for over 10 years. I mean, I can share with you my circumstances. It was due to my decisions and my choices, and those choices, they had a name. It was called sin, and it led me to losing absolutely everything. I was sleeping in bushes and bus stops and eating food that was no longer edible for human consumption. But due to the situation I got myself in, and ultimately we do see that so many places in Scripture, you know, where the prodigal son or, you know, kings in the past where they're, you know, in the fields. And I understand that path because that's the one that I decided to take and I was saved. Throughout 27 years in the drug world, the Lord always had a plan and a purpose. And And what I really love about that is... He never wanted me to sin. He didn't ever want me to be hurt as a child. But now he is absolutely using all that, and that's his word being fulfilled. You know, where God says, take everything that the enemy intended for evil, and he will use for his good, for those who love him, those called according to his purpose. And I love that beautiful truth because I get to see that now in how he utilizes everything I put myself through by my own willful, intentional decisions and the stuff that I was exposed to and the pain and suffering that I experienced that I had no control over as a child. He's using all of it. I'm so thankful for those truths and how they play out in every believer's life. For those who love him. Mm. He works those things for good. And your life is a testimony to that. And I am so thankful. So because of Matt's specialty in ministering on the streets, he thought our time would be best spent addressing the saying that people experiencing homelessness are lazy or addicts. Matt, why is it important to spend time correcting this idea? You know, especially for us as believers, because it is a common societal misconception for believers and unbelievers alike that every person on the streets is lazy, that every person on the streets is a drunk or they're a drug addict or they're a combination of everything that I just mentioned. And that really is the reason I say societal misconception. It is because it is a misconception. It's not a truth for everybody that's out there. So to be able to go to Scripture and see and hear what God's Word says about us as believers in how we're supposed to engage all people and what loving your neighbor truly looks like is laid out really clearly in God's Word, and it never involves denigrating statements. It never involves hate. There's many things 
that love which we know from God the Father through His Son that's unconditional without expectation, the love we're talking about never has conditions behind it. I'm super thankful for that. I mean, we all have to be thankful for that Mm -hmm. because we are all sinners Mm -hmm. saved by the grace of God. What a joy that is. We need Jesus every day, every moment, every second. So where in scripture would you take people to, to Mm -hmm. say, this is what the Bible really does say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so many portions of scripture. And off my heart, I've got one that I'm going to read and the rest of it is going to be from within my heart because God's imprinted it and planted it. So I want to share some portions here in Corinthians And in Galatians and James, there's so many motivating scriptures for us as believers. But what does love look like biblically? What does God's word talk about? Excellence of love. Talking about love, it's in the context of God's word because the world connects things to love that can never be connected to love. I used to love stabbing people. That's terrible. And there's no love involved in anything that I just mentioned about my old life. But in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says this. I just want you to be thinking about this, too. Is this the love that we're displaying and that we're sharing with all others? Is it patient? Is it kind? Because love is patient, love is kind, it's not jealous, it does not brag, and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things, endures all things, and love never fails. And that's the truth. So the love that we know from God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, absolutely never fails. And I love when we talk about this love, and I think it so goes hand in hand with the fruit of the Spirit, and just like it does with wisdom from above, which is first what? Pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. You know, to be able to live these things out, only it's possible through a surrendered, submitted, and obedient heart to God and His Word. And in Galatians it says this, you know, know, chapter 6, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. I just think about that, to bear one another's burdens. You know, brethren, even if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you may not be tempted. And then what does it say? Chapter 6, as we've just read through those first couple of uh, verses there, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. I just think about that, that what that looks like is it's, it's up close and personal. And what does it look like to love your neighbor as yourself? You know, because we're supposed to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. That love looks like something. And when it's on display and when it's taking place, it's absolutely beautiful. And there's really so many other portions of Scripture I could share with you all today. But are we living that out? Is really, you know, a litmus test that will tell where our heart is at. Are we loving our neighbors as ourselves? And that's a question we should be asking ourselves every day. And when we see our unsheltered neighbors, I love the way that that's the way you choose to phrase people who are experiencing homelessness. Why is it that you choose to phrase it that way? Yeah, because ultimately there is the, the term homeless 
only carries a negative connotation, and it all instantly brings to mind the you know the misconception of that everybody's lazy, a drug addict, a drunk, an alcoholic. They're dirty. Their trash is everywhere, etc., etc., etc. We can just go down the list of the stuff that I've heard said. It was said to me while I was on the streets that I had absolutely no value that I was worthless, that I was unreachable, that I was a lost cause, that I was a hope, that I was hopeless and that I was unlovable. And those were all lies. But I know that when you get called something long enough, your life starts to reflect it and it may start to reflect it even more so than it already does. What are some of the reasons that you see in your mm-hmm. ministry that people are unsheltered mm-hmm. that are not because people are lazy or because mm-hmm. they are not it? Yeah, yeah, so there's so many reasons. Mental illness is a huge component. And just specifically kind of in our area, there is approximately 2,200 youth from birth to 17 years old that are designated chronically homeless right now. And with they're with their mom and dad. And these are only the families that are accessing social services, not including the ones that don't out of fear. And what I can share with you today is that the two-year-old is not a lazy heroin junkie, and neither is their mom, neither is their dad. Life circumstances has really just come, and, and, and one thing has just fallen into place, all the dominoes, because there's so many people that are literally one paycheck away from being on the streets. On top of, like I was sharing, the mental illness, there's folks that are on the streets that are, they're not able to function that way that we do because they are so decompensated. And there are folks that are trapped within addiction. That was my story. But not at any moment in time did that remove my humanity or did it remove my salvation. And it didn't make me have any less value than any other person. You know, because God's Word says, you know, that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, right? And you see so many scriptures in reference to, you know, when the rich man comes into the congregation, he's got the gold rings, he's got everything. Give that guy the place of honor. And how about this? We put the poor, we put the distressed, we put the afflicted, you know, to be his footstool. And may that never be so for any disciple of Christ. May that never be our story. May that never be on display, that we would truly be loving people unconditionally without expectation. And that goes hand in hand with wisdom from above. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. We have very clear evidence in Scripture that not all people who are unsheltered are lazy or addicts because... Mm -hmm. In Luke nine fifty seven, 
it says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, to Jesus, mm -hmm. I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, mm -hmm. foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Mm. Yeah. Like, this is Jesus we're talking about. So, yeah. And when we run into people on the streets, we cannot in our pride just assume we know their story. Mm -hmm. How have you seen people impacted when they are approached with love? Mm. instead of judgment it changes everything because ultimately like I, I can share with you a specific circumstance the lord really laid it on my heart i was coming over the bridge it was super hot i remember i would have given my good arm for a clean drink of water and so i went got five cases of water was able to engage with 168 different people that day had to go get more water and i went up to this one gal um at a park here locally and I was handing her the water, and she looked me right in the face, and she said, Thank you for reminding me I exist by coming up and speaking to me. And I lost it. I, I started crying. She started to console me, was able to share the gospel with her. And that was the whole purpose, is because God desires to reconcile all peoples to himself, no matter what their current situation, circumstances, or choices are. God loves those folks unconditionally, without expectation. And when you think about that, while we were all unable to help ourselves, while we were his enemies, right, at just the right time, God sent his son to make a payment. And it wasn't a half payment. It wasn't a three-quarter payment. It was a full payment. And it was while we were unable to help ourselves. And I think about that even with, you know, the biblical truths like the man that was born blind outside of the temple. Everybody knew him to be that individual. And what does scripture say was the purpose for him being there and being visible his entire life to all those folks? And it was for the purpose of God's glory. And we've seen so many people that have given their life to Christ. They're no longer battling with being unsheltered because we know that there is one solution for all the symptoms that we see nationally and globally. The source of those symptoms is called sin, and it started in the garden. And we know there's only one answer. There's only one cure for the sin problem of the world. And what's that answer, Matt? It is the gospel <laughs> that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that whosoever, I was a whosoever, everybody that is not saved at this point is the whosoever, no matter whether they've bathed in six months or whether they have the plush estate, whatever their circumstances look like, if they don't know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior by believing on His death, burial, and resurrection on the cross for all their sins, past, present, and future, then they are currently the whosoevers. And there's no exception to that. And we know the desire of God's heart. We know it's a choice. And just like Jesus says, He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through Him. And Romans 10 makes it really clear, too, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's not a might. It's not a maybe. And for believers, we should never have a standpoint or position of trying to determine who that should be. Because yeah. God says he desires for all, all to come to repentance, none to perish. And so that should be the desire of our hearts as well. Yes. So that is the solution to the sin problem is belief on the gospel and the gospel alone. Yes. Amen. So 
We do know, too, that it is true that some of our unsheltered neighbors are lazy or they are addicts. And you've covered a lot of how we are supposed to treat people no matter what their life currently consists of. But is there anything else you want to say on that subject? Yeah, I just think about that too, because ultimately there was a point in time that healthy boundaries were good because of my activities and my decisions and my choices, you know, that I was so stuck. Sin had definitely taken me further than I wanted to go and kept me a lot longer than I wanted to stay. I was sin-soaked. And um, there, there are folks that battle. And there's people that are sheltered that have those same standpoints. The difference with our unsheltered folks is, is all their stuff is on display for everybody to see. So when people, they, they will use those statements of lazy, look at all the trash. Well, the difference is, is we have homes, we have trash receptacles. They're producing the same amount of trash that we do. It's just visible for everybody to see. And same with folks that, are, that have addiction. There's people that are on the streets that are absolutely battling with addiction. Uh, you know, I heard it said recently that, you know, um, somebody doesn't really care how much somebody knows until they know how much you care. It really is showing up with the love that we just mentioned in 1 Corinthians 13 that changes things because people know when it's genuine and people on the streets have been hurt so much and, and they've caused a lot of pain too. I mean, that was part of my story. I was trapped in addiction, which meant I was focused on self, which is every person prior to Christ. I mean, there there are folks that are battling with addictions. The hope for what we get to do and what the Lord lets us be a part of is to take a hold of those hands, willingly walk back into darkness and say we're headed to a different location together, which goes hand in hand with suffering because we're going to suffer with those folks. And that's the commitment for us is we're willing to suffer. And so many people, when they start to realize how difficult it can be, as you were mentioning in it, that's when they want to pull the cord and, and hit the next bus stop. It's not our story. It never will be. And God's equipped us specifically for this portion of the ministry that He's having us do. So, people who do want to help, Mm. what is the wise way to help? Mm, I would absolutely say this. Do not ever give money. Never give money. Because for a believer, the standpoint can't be, my heart is in the right place by giving this cash, and what they do with it is up to them. That cannot be our standpoint. Because I'll tell you a very specific circumstance, my own personal circumstance. In in the city where we live, there is a location downtown, a church downtown, and they would put money out around the property And I got familiar with when they were doing that. And so I would go and I would circle the block and I would get all that cash and it would go right into a needle, right into my arm. And that's not everybody's story, but for me, that's what was going to happen every time. If somebody gave me some cash, I'm putting it in a needle and I'm putting it in my arm, up my nose, in my lungs, wherever it was going to go. So that can't be our standpoint. But if somebody's hungry and, and you're willing and you're able to get them a meal using wisdom from above, even if it's just cruising by somebody at the corner and you hand it out the window and share with them, God bless you, we love you, God loves you, and here's a meal. 
somebody's in need of some clothing, water bottles, hygiene packs, things like that are such huge blessings to folks. But I don't. I, I never recommend anybody give any cash. We want to know how to help. Here's something that happens to me every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I drive up, there's somebody asking for money on the side of the road. I know I'm not going to give them money and I don't have food in my car mm-hmm. or hygiene pack that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. What should I do in that circumstance? Should I just stare straight ahead? Should I smile? How do I show love even yeah. when I don't have something to give? Yeah, because you can even gauge too because one of the most important things is too, that's what I love about that when people have asked me that, what do I do if I'm not able to stop? You know what we can always do, what every believer can do. So even if somebody's feeling uncomfortable, what every single believer can do every time they see somebody on a street corner or in an encampment is they can absolutely lift that individual up because God knows every hair on their head. He knows the minutia of what their life consists of and praying for those folks because the prayers of the righteous can accomplish much. And they can accomplish much because of who we're praying to. So trust and believe that if you lift up a prayer for those folks, God cares for the needy. We see it throughout Scripture. But to lift those individuals up and trust God and His timeline that He's going to show up and that He is going to act on their behalf. Yes, because prayer is doing something. It it's, is is doing something. Yeah, yes, and it's and it is one of the most important things that we can do as believers. Even if you're not able to give the tangible and sharing God's word, everything we do, we want to see people saved, discipled, baptized, and become the one sent. So it's to really see a heart transformed, and the only way a heart gets transformed is through Christ and through Christ alone. Yes. And we are going to link to the Be Bold ministry in the notes of this podcast if people want to find more information out. But is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap Mm. up today? Mm. Yeah, what would I share? There's so much. Really, to truly love your neighbor as yourself, it looks like something, folks. It's beautiful. It's right. It's healthy. You know, we're called to share the gospel. Every one of us is called to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We're all called to be sharing, you know, so be children of prayer, focused on Christ and Christ alone, and truly loving people unconditionally without expectations, because what we see globally is, uh, I love you if, I love you but, I love you when, and folks, that's not love. Conditional love is not love. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us. I think it's so important that we keep in mind that Jesus didn't just keep company with those who could help him, mm-hmm. thoughtlessly love him, and wouldn't mm-hmm. cause any drama in his life, right? Yeah. But he kept company with the flawed and the poor and those prone to mood swings. <clears throat> Peter. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but, I know. But I this it. went beyond yeah. the disciples, too. Society said the woman at the well was the wrong sex and the wrong race. The Mm. tax collector had a despised position. And the thief on the cross was a convicted criminal. Mm. And Jesus still invited them all Mm. through himself Mm. to his father's home. Yes. And so thanks again for coming on. I always pray for our listeners before I wrap up. But would you like to pray for them today? Oh, yeah. I would absolutely love to do that. 
Lord God, we just humbly come before you today. I'm just so thankful for this time with my sister and with all the folks that are going to hear this message and that are hearing this message. Father, that you would cause us to go forth and be about what you would have us be about, knowing that you created us specifically for this epoch, for this period, for this time, in preparation for you, God, sending your son back. We want to be alert. We want to be prepared. We want to be those that are gospel-focused, that are centered on, on loving you completely and wholly in every way and loving our neighbors as ourselves, Lord, because everything we have, will have, have ever had, it was always yours. And um, even the breaths in our lungs and even the heartbeats in our chest, they are always yours. And we want you to use us for your glory and your kingdom. And I love that because we're asking you to use us. And in the context of you, God, that only carries a positive connotation. And so that's what we're asking for, is that you would use us mightily for your glory and your kingdom in your son Jesus Christ's precious name, knowing when we ask it in your son's name that you be glorified, that it will be done. And that's what we're asking for your glory in your son Jesus Christ's precious and amazingly beautiful name. Amen. Amen. The resources and Matt's website are going to be put in the notes for this podcast. The verses that we referred to, we'll throw those in there too. And it's the show notes at lifeaudio.com slash podcast or on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're over in the notes, we'd love if you would rate and review this podcast so others can find us. And until next time. May you seek the abundant life that Jesus died to give and live in the truth that sets people free. Hi friend, are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.